Warning, you are about to enter a world populated by the most appalling music ever made. Welcome to the search for the worst album of all time. This is Broken Records. But I hadn't been forgotten, I Joe. I'd been married a long time ago. Saint Bango. <laughs> a girl with kaleidoscope eyes. <laughs> You're beautiful. Hey, hey, I wanna be a rock star. Quick sip of tea, we're away to episode 40 of Broken Records. The search for the worst album ever made in history, ever. I'm Stephen Hill, joined, as per, by a man who's probably getting sick of my shit, <laughs> Renfrew Deadman. I've been sick of your shit for a long time. Um, how you doing, Good man? Yeah, okay. I'm all right. I'm still congested mm. from the hay fever. It's not the rubbish crap that we've been listening to, although that's played a bit of a part. Um, but I'm I'm congested with hay fever. Hopefully by hopefully by the time this goes out, you won't be congested with hay fever, and hopefully this will be a thing of the past because this yeah. isn't going out for four days. But then, having right. said that, you will have spent three days in a wet field so good luck with that thank you very much it's one of the few things that sounds less appealing than many of the records we cover on this show <laughs> at the moment to be perfectly honest uh this is a solo podcast as i said from the right act network where we try and search for the worst album of all time we have 39 albums in a list so far albums that have been picked from the hat full of shit where we have about 200 something records in the hat still in fact mm. we have over 200 records i believe in in that particular hat all albums have been suggested by you possibly by the appalling critical mauling the record got by some kind of fan reaction from the uh general malaise that surrounds the record there are many ways that an album gets into the hat full of shit that we pick out and then we discuss um so it's not just one that me and Reverie hate. Thought we should just make that very clear at the moment. Um, we did actually want to say thanks to everyone who took the time to listen to last week's fairly spectacular broken record on Philosophy of the World by the Shags, which turned out to be one of our most popular, one of our most discussed and debated episodes that we've done thus far. So mm. thanks very much, everyone, for getting involved in that. It's not going to be quite that this week, I've got to admit. As we do Melodia by The Vines, the fourth studio album from the Australian garage rock band release on the 12th of July 2008. Before we go any further, as mentioned, we do have 39 albums that have been put into this list. We are going to go and, from descending order, read out the Flop 20, which is our funny little name for the top 20 worst albums we've got so far in descending order it goes like this one by dirty vegas razor light razor light viva brothers famous first words one more light by lincoln park the truth is by theory of a dead man slick dogs and ponies by Louis the 14th the cosmos rocks by queen of paul rogers richard ashcroft's united nations style of sound sergeant pepper's only hearts club band original soundtrack to the movie of the same name the self-titled album by owen quigg i gave him his proper name <laughs> 
respect to him. Uh, Six Feet Under's Graveyard Classics Volume 2, Blood, Sweat and Towers by the Tower of London, Angelic to the Core by Corey Feldman, Philosophy of the World by The Shags, Total Zanarchy by Little Bla- by Little Zan. I didn't call him Little Bland. <laughs> well, he is, yeah. He is a bit. Bland uh, Blood on the Dance Floor, uh, Bad Blood. Methods of Mayhem by Methods of Mayhem. The True Symphonic Rockestra with Concerto in True Minor. Double Wide by Uncle Cracker. And at number one, still showing no signs of giving up their top billing. <laughs> I'm not a fan, but the kids like it. By Broken Side. I think be- that's the first time you've read out the Flop 20 where I've gone, Jesus Christ, every single one of those records is really bad every single one i feel like we now have a pretty like if you did sit down and listen to the flop 20 i feel like it'd be a pretty difficult exercise well (laughs) so you're saying streets of sky by the enemy which is 21 last week you were like well at least the enemy are in there keeping the quality (laughs) nice and high well this is the first time i've noticed it maybe this is the first time in like four weeks that i've been paying attention to the flop 20 (laughs) don't know yeah, fair, maybe. Uh, anyway, as mentioned, in goes Melodia by The Vine, somewhere in that list. Might be in that flop 20, might not be. It's to be discussed. As I said, the fourth studio album released on the 12th of July from the Australian Garage Rock Brand. Now, before we get into this, we need to talk about The Vines themselves. Ah, the the early noughties, Renfrey. What a time to be into rock music, eh? New metal was dying and emo and garage rock was taken over and whilst i think it's fair to say that both of us love some of the garage rock bands in that time the white stripes the hives the first datsun's album and for me at least for me personally the first couple of strokes albums i think are very good too okay. it really didn't take long for this kind of thing to birth the very worst kind of indie landfill bullshit that we pretty much exclusively despise on this show your thoughts and recollections on that that particular time and that particular music um i remember my girlfriend of the time sort of saying wasn't it like a great era for that kind of wasn't it a great time for that music because the guitars were back in the charts um after a long period of initially boy bands then girl bands then i'd say there was that dance thing as well that happens and then it seemed to teeter towards the um garage rock yeah bands with that begin with a the prefix basically um but the thing is is it was taking something that i loved and um watering it down so much that i was actually more offended because I initially loved that thing, whereas, you know, the majority of EDM music, certainly at that time, I wasn't going to like it anyway, you know, you know. So I think it was a really dark time for for guitars because it gave people that they could have that facade and go, oh, isn't it amazing that guitars are back in the charts it's like well no it's not it's it's almost as if everyone was able to go oh well everything's okay in the rock world now and it's like if the killers and razor light are like the top acts that you can take out of this thing then no that's dire that is dire so yeah dark times i would say 
It was a dark time. I mean, this is slightly earlier than that, to be fair. Mm. To be fair, the strokes, the white stripes, the hives, there were some, like Jet, were quite early. I guess the Libertines were there quite early as well. Um, the Von Bondies. Oh, the Von I remember Bondies, yeah. getting a lot of stuff. Even shit like the Donners. You could even throw in Backyard Babies mm-hmm. and, you know, Buck Cherry. Mm. stuff like that kind of were a bit of a precursor they're like we're bringing sleaze back mm. sleaze rock is coming back mm. the new york dolls and all that kind of thing mm. um and that happened a few years before and there was like a little kind of it was like a kind of um tester event for what would go on to be the kind of the the strokes and, and all of those bands getting big and when it first 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 happened i remember thinking this is all right this this is quite cool you know we like i said really like the white stripes i remember seeing winnebago dill thinking they were really cool uh you know there were a few bands that doing that i always liked the john spencer blues explosion mm-hmm. seeing john spencer blues explosion on acme john spencer obviously had been around a little while john spencer blues explosion was great um and yeah you know i was like oh, this is this is not too bad for about five minutes for about five minutes. I suppose yeah. the International Noise Conspiracy yeah. were a band that came off the back of Refuse. I was like, this is quite good. But one of the earliest exhibits of what was to become the thing you're talking about, for me, was the Vines. I think I'd I agree. Think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And certainly magazines like Kerrang! and I think Enemy, to an extent. Well, were... the Rolling Stone and the Enemy both called the band the best new rock band on the planet and the saviours of rock and roll, it, like alternatively around 2002 after the band had seemingly appeared from nowhere and released their debut album highly evolved and in fact in the enemy's case i don't think that album had even been released yet when they said when they said that but we'll get into that in a little bit that's insane (laughs) yeah how the fuck could you think that with this music it's just absolutely mad yeah but there you go so where the fuck did the vines come from because it is, you know, like I think we could talk about this in a, more, in, in a little bit in, in, in a little while, but bands popping up and just being the future of rock and roll, it was a thing that used to happen a fair bit. Now, mm. by all accounts, um, the Vines actually, as a band, formed in 1994. Oh. Uh, didn't really do anything for quite a long time uh, until... They were take they were seen by a management team in Australia who sent out a bunch of demos in around 2000, uh, which was picked up by who became the band's longtime producer Rob Schnapp, mm. uh, Schnapp, who had worked with Beck amongst others, and immediately emailed the management back with the band's name in the email over and over again, nothing else, just said. The vines, 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 the vines. Like that scene in The Shining. Yeah. Yeah, but with more horrific results. Yeah, more horrific, definitely more. Basically, he liked them. And this was the start of a long and... Are we going to say fruitful relationship with the pair? Anyway, to be discussed. Anyway, along comes this record, Highly Evolved, right? And it's... It's worth saying that the band had been signed to Capitol Records. So this guy saw him, got them signed to Capitol Records, and apparently they were signed to Capitol Records on accounts of Craig Nichols, the band's frontman's personality. Apparently, Capitol Records had no real interest inside of the band until an A&R guy at Capitol Records 
met Craig Nichols and went, oh, he's a rock star. He's, Fuck it, we'll sign him. something we can sell. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, they got an NME cover after they received Single of the Week. Uh, they were heavily featured on MTV and tipped to be one of the 22 new acts to watch in 2002. This is all before the album had actually come out. So they were a front cover of NME before they even had an album out. In fact, it wasn't actually until February 2002, eight years after forming, that the Vines actually played their first ever headline show, ever. Wow. Renfrey, your mouth is wide open. That is mad, isn't it? It's very unusual. It's not, you know, I do know of bands who where it's taken that long and sometimes it does because you have other commitments or whatever, but but that's definitely that is absolutely unusual. Yeah. 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 So an enemy cover had one of the MTV's bands tip to watch before they'd even done a headline show. The enemy reviewed the headline show and in that review before they had an album out, the NME said this, this band is the future of rock. In 10 years' time, 10,000 people will have claimed to have been at this gig. Now, I feel like this doesn't happen so much anymore. And I am so fucking glad that this kind of hyperbolic bullshit does not fly in the music press anymore. Because it is fucking nonsense. It's nonsense from the publication who will get into what the enemy thought about the album we're going to be talking about in a little bit, which I think is the kind of crux of the kernel of, of this show, to be oh, honest. Right. Okay. And it's not helping the band at all. Because I went, oh, are they? Okay, right, go on, impress me mm. then. Mm. And yeah. they can't. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, no, they, they, they couldn't impress a stone, I don't think. Um, like, weirdly, um, I mean, I don't know if I'm getting into the album too soon or not, but l- weirdly listening to this... I didn't think it was an absolute abomination. It's just there's nothing interesting about it either. And I think that's how you could kind of sum up the Vines as a whole. I will say I was... This was no worse or better, I must say, than the Vine songs that I do remember, the ones that were the singles that would have come out on Highly Evolved. So there was a part of me which was like... Well, why is it in here then? Because this this is broken records. This is a search for the worst album ever. And if it's another Vines, if it's another crap Vines record, you know, there's no reason to suggest that why it should be in here. But uh, I think we're, that's going to become clear as we yeah. talk, isn't it? By the sounds of things, yeah. Well, yeah, let's talk about So I remember hearing Get Free, which is the lead single of Highly Evolved. And I did yeah. think, I actually do quite like that song. Okay. And I have to say... I mean, I was, at the time, 2002, I was quite shocked at how they sounded like a certain band from Seattle, yeah. which was certainly not a cool thing to be doing at that particular point. Yeah. Um, but I didn't mind it. Renfrey, uh, Get Free by The Vides. Um, it's, it's kind of... I, I'm so firmly on the fence with that song. It's sort of a song that I've never even thought about long enough to even form an opinion is what I would say. It's about as furniture as one could possibly get, which doesn't mean that I don't like it, but I don't really like it either. Right, okay, yeah. I mean, I was just weird. I was like, oh, they really sound like Nirvana. Yeah, 
Oh, yeah. Or they really are trying to sound like Nirvana. Uh, They cited Nirvana, Oasis, the Kinks, and the Beatles as their influences, which is pretty mad to be that blatant about how big they wanted to be. Fine, whatever. Um, I actually bought highly revolved because of on the strength of get free which i thought was like oh okay well this is you know i've not heard a kind of grungy band being that type of grunge you know it was all creed and nickelback and state at that point wasn't it and i was like at least this is a sort of nirvana worship rather than like really really dumb fuck pearl jam which is what most of those bands used to be like pearl jam for thickies yeah um whereas i thought i'd rather have nirvana for thickies i think Mm, because at least that's a little bit like diff more different there's um, more charge and more kind of baser more animalistic things to nirvana's music than there is to pearl jam so i think that by extension makes sense did yeah. did you ever hear highly evolved in full not not in full no i might have heard it it might have been on in the background at a party or something like that but um i don't recall ever sitting down and listening to yeah <laughs> um i had some friends who had pretty poor music taste um but then we'd also play animal at the state as well so you know hey uh <laughs> one of the few albums that i would say is probably worse than, <laughs> than highly involved uh so no i've never taken the time to actually sit down and listen to it properly Okay, I I bought Highly Evolved on the strength of Get Free, as I said. Uh, I actually thought it was a bad record. I've not gone back to it, but Get Free aside, Get Free was the best song on it by a a considerable margin, I thought. I didn't like it at all. Uh, Dave Grohl was with me. He was quoted in Spin Magazine at the time saying, Avril Lavigne's Skater Boy is more challenging than Get Free. (laughs) Would you agree with his assessment? I, I think he's got a point. Okay, okay. I mean, it's much of a muchness, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, I'd say so. I mean, I wouldn't, I wouldn't posit either song as a um, uh, challenge. Uh, you no, know, it's a challenge. It's like it's not through silver and blood or anything. Um, <laughs> but, but, uh, but yes, yeah, no. I mean, I, I think that's a perfectly fair thing to say. Still, at this point, everything's going all right for the to yeah, the fire. It's highly fine. evolved. Went gold. Peaked on the US Billboard Top 200 at number eleven. Reached number three in the UK album charts, and everything seemed to be going fine for the band. It's at this point where shit starts to go a little bit fuzzy for the vibes. Very, very early on. A very, very fast climb and quite a dramatic fall. Craig Nichols' personality started to take hold of the band. There's a Rolling Stone piece from 2002 where the writer describes being out in New York with the band and in... Just one 60-second period with Nichols in a club. He gets so excited by the fact that the DJ has played a Supergrass song on in the club that he decided to throw himself, uh, throw a bucket of water over himself, douse himself with a bucket of water, kick the fire escape of the club open, run out into the street, jump into a dumpster, and then try to climb up the side of a building. All in a 60s... Or just, just because the Supergrass song came on, all of that happened in a minute. That sounds interesting. And the writer was like, this is quite an odd thing to do. Yeah. There's a famous, or shall I say infamous, Kerrang interview uh, where he is just incredibly rude and obnoxious to the interviewer as well. I remember reading that. I think it was Paul I tried to find it. It might have been, yeah. Yeah. I tried to find it, but I couldn't find it, annoyingly. Yeah. It's, uh, It's a pretty... 
It's pretty mad that that interview. I would say my guesstimate is it be from around two thousand three. Sort of time. I think it was. I think it was. I think it would have been two thousand two. I think they were still doing highly evolved. Oh, okay, okay, right, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I think it was after highly evolved, but before the second album came out. Yeah. Um, but yes, he does not come across well in that. And as a band we're touring. Um, new band you know like only been a year since they played their first ever headline show uh they were kicked off at the jay leno show before their appearance after craig nichols smashed up all of their stuff during soundcheck (laughs) (laughs) okay and they played a frankly appalling version of get free on david letterman which i watched oh right why was it so appalling um it's just a fucking mess I mean, Craig Nichols, uh, I don't know. The thing is, right, We we if we're going to be nice about Jules Holland on At The Drive-In, then I guess we kind of have to give this performance a pass as well because it's sort of a similar thing. It is a total clusterfuck mess from a bloke who's obviously having some kind of nervous breakdown. It's almost certainly deliberately him fucking up the entire thing by doing forward rolls when he's not singing into the drum kit uh screeching incoherently throughout the whole thing um he jumps over david letterman's sofa halfway through he is unbelievably out of time he is unbelievably out of tune and it's a fucking mess like the band are so loose and all over the place i mean you guys that are sticking up for the shags go and watch out you'll fucking love it <laughs> uh, if you love out if you love out of time musicians oh the vines <laughs> on letterman is, is your new favorite thing um do you think they were trying to ape the kind of chaos of say i mean that sounds like the chaos of a nirvana show because nirvana quite often were you know incredibly sloppy live but they did yeah. it in a sort of in a way that felt i don't know you just felt the adrenaline coursing through your veins kind of thing do you think they were trying to ape that i don't know i mean i think the 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 drummer and the bass player just seem to be trying to play i mean at the end when he pulls the drum kit apart while the guy's still playing you could see you could almost see the drummer's face be like oh for fuck's sake (laughs) so brilliant so yeah i mean it didn't come across that well but then you know obviously people say that at the drive-in on jules holland is rubbish and whatever and i guess musically you could go like oh yeah they were kind of all over the place but i think crucially they were about to fucking break down yeah and there is a similarity here because nichols was then diagnosed with asperger's syndrome Mm. uh which is quite a, a a serious thing and it's been said that with his condition being in a band is pretty much the worst thing he could be doing to help himself Mm. like with that condition you're meant to stay calm Mm. you're meant to not have a lot of adrenaline Mm. you're meant to stay in the same place and do the same thing every day you're not meant to be seeing new people yeah um so it's kind of kind of understandable that craig nichols i think with that information coming out a little bit later you do go ah maybe that's you know the problem it sort of doesn't excuse it but it gives an explanation for that behavior sort of thing do you think that's fair to say yeah probably hmm. not that I mean... i'm not that either of us are an expert on the condition or anything like that but yeah you know 
Like, I still, I don't think, like, as someone who suffers from, you know, completely different mental health problems, but mental health problems myself, I think that idea of kind of blaming your one's shitty behaviour on their mental health issues is, um, it's something that might happen from time to time, but I think there are people who use it as a weapon, almost, to get away with being cunty, basically. Yeah, we all know who you're talking about, don't worry. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, when the band's second album, Winning Days, was released, it sold a fraction of the copies of Highly Evolved and peaked at a far lower 23 in the US and 29 in the UK, which is a drop off the 12 places in the US, 26 places in the United Kingdom. Oh, yeah. So um, the bubble was bursting. It all seemed to. It all seemed to be boom and burst a little bit for the vibes yeah, at this point. Yeah. Uh, in 2005, Vision Valley continued the downward momentum of the band, peaking at number 71 in the UK and number 136 in the US. And at this point, the band are dropped by Capitol Records, finally. Which kind of brings us to Melodia, this record. In 2007, the band inked a deal with Auslabel, uh, Australian label Ivy League Records and went to work on their big comeback album. They went to studio with, again, with Rob Schnapp for exactly one week in March 2008. At the end of that week, Renfrey, they came out with 25 songs in a week. <laughs> yeah. 25 songs, 14 of which made it onto the record. Now, we said last week that the Shags recorded all of their songs in one day was kind of weird, but sort of understandable because this sort of thing happened a fair bit in the 1960s. Uh, Black Sabbath by Black Sabbath was recorded in a day, I believe. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, there are different records that would be recorded at that time. But I think a band recording their fourth album, having spent a majority of their career on a major record label during the mid noughties and managing to get 25 songs finished in that period is a little bit of a telltale sign as to the quality of said songs, I would say. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, uh, 50 years ago, it wouldn't have been an unusual thing at all. 50 years ago, a week would have been probably considered quite a long time in the studio. That is not the case in 2008, um, which is what we're talking here. Um, I would predict, and this is not based on anything concrete, but I would predict that due to being dropped by their label... They probably didn't have an awful lot of financial support, would be my guess. And I'm sure this indie label in Australia probably tried to put something in, but they probably didn't have a huge budget. So it was probably budgetary constraints, I'm guessing. I don't know. Yeah, maybe. But then you'd also think, if you're signing a band like The Vines... You got to give it more than a week, and and, and even oh, if, like agree. a week, a week might be enough to go in and get like ten songs out. I think it's the fact that they came out with twenty five songs, oh, yeah. or yeah. they thought they came out with twenty five songs. Anyway, they might say they had twenty five songs. I mean, as we'll discuss in a minute, I'm not sure they do have twenty five songs because I'm not sure they've got fourteen songs <laughs> uh, over the fourteen that I've it's, heard. It's three. Anyway. It's three songs a day. You know, it's mad. Like, no, that's insane. Yeah. Uh, so the band debuted the first single from the album He's a Rocker at the MTV Australia Music Awards God uh, got a little bit of airplay after that even though it is and this is not much of a spoiler it is a right bag of fucking bum terrible that song that is terrible song I again watched the footage of them playing the MTV Awards in Australia in 2008 
two people seem to give a fuck in the audience <laughs> from what i can tell and this uh, is in australia as well fucking hell and few fuck me like that kid can't sing for shit right right i mean they are so they are so out of tune and he doesn't even smash anything up and go mad like the letterman show he just stands there they play and they are just fantastically out of tune everybody mm. and really sloppy and not in a kind of not in a good way not in a shags way mm. or a Nirvana <laughs> way like really quite bad mm. backing vocals are the most out of tune they're like Burton C. Bell bad like oh really really bad Vince Neil and Burton C. Bell on fucking backing vocals really really shite and uh, and then at the end they, so much pyro goes off at the end of like what is essentially quite a slight little sort of wiry rock and roll song and all these pyros explain it's like you're not Ramstein what are you doing yeah pyros like I would never associate pyros with the vines that doesn't really make sense to me at all I mean it's not like they're an acoustic actor but it'd be like giving pyro to I don't know this isn't quite the same because the quality level is completely different, but it'd be like giving Pyro to White Stripes or something. It's just Yeah, it, it, it was really weird. Yeah. I was like, what are they doing? And it's so much as well. It's like a fucking Celine Dion concert. <laughs> pow, pow, but all this stuff. like But at the back, all behind the drummer, five different fucking big, like, sh- all showers of, like, you know, what's the... the the sort of... The sparks that shower Sparkler, down yeah. yeah, like, yeah, yeah. It's like, for what, for the vines? Yeah, that's absurd. That's like Whitney Houston shit. It is. Yeah. It was really weird. No, it was no, really no. weird. Anyway, then the album came out. Um, we should get onto the reviews of the album. <laughs> now, let's start with the NME. Because I think this is one of the things as to why this record is in here. Because the NME gave it two out of five in a disgustingly weaselly review, which kind of summed up their entire build them up and tear them down ethos from that period they said let's get this out of the way because it's not something we're too fond of doing yeah i'll bet to those of you who brought the issue of enemy dated the 23rd of july 2002 please accept our sincerest and most unreserved apologies some of you may remember this issue as one where we proclaimed a mentally imbalanced antipodean as the de facto savior of rock and roll and proceeded to indulge over the course of innumerable pages and in near scientific discourse right down to a diagram dealing how his watch his watch bestowed messianic power upon him on why we were right well we weren't the fault for the lonely winding down of the vine's curious career doesn't lie solely at our feet craig nichols was always too trigger happy with the self-destruct button to ensure that but we certainly played our part and we're sorry but nobody deserved melodia if you think this sounds like us burying the hatchet into the vine's spinal cord you're wrong no i'm not uh they were never the saviors of rock and roll we said they'd be but we'd hope for a return however slight to highly evolved form we hoped in vain absolute absolute fucking uh, the state of that (laughs) the fucking the nerve the nerve of that to be like, oh, I don't know why we said that. I've nothing to do with us. It's not our fault. It's not our fault. Well, it is your fault, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, they're owning up not... to it. Kind of, you know. Yeah. Yeah. They're, they're trying to weasel their way out of it, by the mm. way. They could not, could they? No, no, no. 
if, if you say something, go. if you say something, well, we've always hated the Vikes. No, you fucking haven't. <laughs> yeah, if you say something that prophetic and like, you know that doesn't turn out to be true, no, you do kind of, like in such a bad way as well. I mean, the Vikes. I was really stunned. Might go into this later, but I was really stunned to learn that the Vines are still going to this day. Oh yeah, well we will go into that in a little mm. bit. I mean, the thing is, it's like, I, I'm not an idiot, right? I know that it's probably two different people who wrote that. Of course it is, yeah. And had they've got the person who called Divine to Future Rock and Roll to go back and review this record, they might have been like, oh, no, no, it is good, it is good, because obviously they're mental. But at the same time, editorially, you'd think the enemy would go, maybe we shouldn't keep doing this. Mm. No, maybe we shouldn't keep doing, because they're a different best new band in the world. Every fucking week for about three or four years didn't they yeah and all of them were shite there was a lot of cocaine around at this time i would say <laughs> like i think he probably is a large part of the reason for it i would imagine oh uh, you know this band are totally average oh what's that cocaine oh yeah yeah the best band of the world love them it's a joke like i mean i don't know i've had people go oh i how i said this in a feature but then in the review they said this it's like well a review and a feature are a different thing Mm. And then, you know, oh, you gave the last album this, and now you're saying that they're this. And it's like, yeah, but it's a different album. I understand that these are two different people writing about two different albums, but I think when you are bigging up something that much, to then kind of try and crawl back on it for essentially an album which, like, sounds, I'd say sounds pretty much exactly the same as Highly Evolved. I like so I haven't listened to any material from Highly Evolved for several years, but there was nothing about this record that sounded all that different to what i remembered the vines being absolutely nothing in fact if anything i admired the fact that they had been able to retain that sound whatever it's not that it's a great sound in the first place but they had managed to retain it by the sounds of things over four records to sustain it and a lot of these sorts of bands don't so that's one positive thing i'll say it's one of the very few but it's one positive (laughs) Yeah, uh, Jared and Sam gave it 2 out of 10, saying, Melodia is the sound of a petulant child throwing a tantrum. The problem is, the louder and redder face Craig Nichols becomes, the less anyone is willing to offer him the attention he craves. The man-boy has nothing more to say. He's stuck, raging in his own real-life Groundhog Day, doomed to write the same two songs and perpetually desperate to revisit the heights of his debut. Any fleeting chance that the Vines will rekindle the spark of their early promise has been well and truly snuffed. This is not just the band's worst record, it's also the worst record with any profile to be released this year. Q gave it 3 out of 5, saying at times they still stray into Nirvana territory, particularly on Brain Dead, but they do enough. They do it with enough brio to get away with it. Uh, Spin also gave it 3 out of 5, saying back from the brink of a long-promised implosion, the Vines sound like a band renewed on their first album since being booted from Capitol following the dismal sales of 2016, 2006's Muddied Vision Valley. Not that Asperger-inflicted frontman Craig Nichols has, changed, has upped his game. He's still churning out fuzzy, drenched guitar pop like it's going out of style again. But the stinky, the, the sticky, not stinky, they are quite stinky, some of them. <laughs> the sticky melodies and talk grooves in cuts like Get Out and He's a Rocker prove that Nichols' talent is entirely wrapped up in his ability to wreck a stage. Um, Hot Press gave it 2 out of 10, saying part of what makes Melodia a terrible record is that it sounds so half ass A mere two songs last longer than 150 seconds, and the Rob Schnapp production is virtually non-existent. It's not all bad, though. In between the lumpy Riffola, Jimola, Get Out, there are flashes of raw beauty, true as the night. 
I'm not sure about that, mate. But it's not enough to say the record as a whole. At its essence, many Ola sounds like a substandard garage band battling with their own limitations. And the truth is that the vines died and rotted years ago. And these days are only going through the motions. It's time for these emperors to find some new clothes. Uh, Mojo gave it two out of five, saying sometimes erratic and headstrong, at others whimsical and somewhat listless. It ultimately sounds like an unsatisfying curio. Uncut gave it two out of five as well so this fourth offering crams 14 tracks into half an hour and sounds like a sketchbook of ideas rather than a fully formed expression of any kind it charted in one country australia peaking at number 12 becoming the first vines album to not chart anywhere in the uk or the us there fall from grace completed so remfrey with all that out of the way sort of done it a bit haven't we but what do you think of melodia by the vines um i don't think it's a very good album but i don't think the vines ever have been or ever will be capable of writing a very good album and as i just sort of said i don't you know i haven't listened to highly evolved for a long time but i don't remember highly evolved being any better than this particularly Whilst I don't like this at all, and it reminds me of a period in music that I, you know, as we said at the beginning of this episode, I think it was quite a dark period for guitar music. Um, I don't know if this record's broken, to be totally honest with you. I just think it's not very good. Because I'm sort of looking over the league table and trying to figure out where I would put it. And like... It, it, I'm going through them one by one and it's kind of difficult to place it certainly difficult to place it in the Flock 20 I would say like very very difficult so I think we're looking at the bottom of the table rather than the top already you're sort of nodding your head along with me there yeah um, I don't think there's anything like there's a few blessings to this record there's not a single song over three minutes on this record bar one and so there's a it's blessedly fleeting <laughs> It's only 33 minutes long. It's broader than I expected it to be. Like, I don't, I don't, I wouldn't say that I was bored at any point during the record. It was sort of too quick. It was sort of in and out too quickly for me to get bored. I didn't particularly enjoy it at any point. And I thought some of the lyrics and stuff were just fucking rubbish. I mean, it's annoying more than boring, I think. Yeah, I, I would it's... say I would say I, I, I would say irritating. I, I think even annoying yeah. is too strong. It's just like a it's like a mosquito's bitten you and you're just itching it. Like it's not going to encroach on your life or it's not gonna like be a terrible, horrible thing that happens to you. But it is an annoyance, it is an irritation more than anything else. Yeah, I would say that's fair. I thought the opening song, Get Out, was quite catchy. Not great, not terrible. Sort of sums this album up, really, if we're being honest. It's a total non-event of a song. Mm -hmm. It's a little bit try-hard, a little bit overly earnest. And at 2 minutes and 10 seconds, it's over before you even really get any idea of what it's meant to be. Yeah. Uh, It's not really finished. Yep. (laughs) The second song, Manja, was the first time I went, well, this sucks doesn't bother with an actual chorus just sort of goes la 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 like a big football chant and then he just screams and then it ends and you're like i don't feel like it's a song it's manger and i was actually listening to this on apple podcast uh, on apple music and the lyrics come up for you um and i was reading the lyrics and it's just a really pathetic attempt 
to be like fuck religion which you know is a fine thing to express if you want to express that but the way it was expressed was just so poor and so gcse and absolutely no thought had been put into it at all it's like it just feels like you're trying to piss people off unnecessarily it's just fucking stupid really uh, i have to say i mean you mentioned the sort of the different types of songs they do uh as3 is an acoustic one i think it's really boring mm. and i do think they're better at being just sort of disastrously loud and obnoxious than trying to write great pop melodies i agree because they don't have any it's just not good don't have any heart he's mm. a rocker is one of the worst songs it's terrible it's terrible lead single yeah it's so wet yeah and yet it talks about being a bloody rock and roll legend <laughs> oh it's yeah. awful something it is awful something he will never be um yeah it's 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 a terrible song and it was i kind of understood why it was chosen for a single because it's sort of an it's got an annoyingly catchy hook but it is an absolutely vapid time waste on of a song on a record full of vapid time wastes of songs that's absolute dog shit i think it's the worst song on the record oh really oh uh it's bad it's really bad or jamba is like something oasis would have decided not to put on dig out your song (laughs) Uh, wow that's probably the harshest thing that's ever been said on this podcast (laughs) yeah J- uh, Jamola is one second shy of a minute. It takes 15 seconds to actually start and then sounds like a sort of instrumental version of Mother by Wolf by Wolf Mother. It's <laughs> rubbish. And then we get that long song, True yeah. as the Night. Why, yeah. why is this six minutes long? I have no idea. And why is everything on this record like two minutes, two and a half minutes, one minute and something? And then this is six minutes long. Like, why? Well, that's the thing, isn't it? Because because everything around this record is so short it makes tours the night feel really long and in reality it's only six minutes but it feels like about 10 because it really like it's clearly meant to be the centerpiece of the record but it really slows things down and considering vines are trying to be this like rock and roll roll, bullshit rock and roll act it's not that at all it's really simpering and slow and boring and it is just a shockingly disastrous thing to chuck into the middle of your record and almost base it around that i mean that song is what a sixth of the entire album I, mad yeah. mad mad decisions being made there i mean what I, the one time you should be elongating one of your songs yeah, <laughs> yeah. when it's this boring and pointless and nothing's happening at all. You absolute twats. What yeah. are you doing that yeah. for? Why are you making this one six minutes long? Yeah. Like, make a couple of the others three. I don't know. I mean, yeah. Like, I actually, like, after that, Brain Dead comes in. And I think it sounds great in comparison because I actually it thought, sounds like Bush. I, I was going to say yeah. it's like Nirvana ripoff, but it's a Bush ripoff, really. I, I thought Brain Dead was great. I might It might be a bit of Stockholm Syndrome because of True as the Night. But, like, it was a real, like, oh, thank fuck for that you know yeah. and i was just happy to hear distortion again to be honest yeah and then you got cara jane which Rubbish. i think sounds like paul mccartney on a yeah. drip it's yeah. shite <laughs> yeah a song that literally ends before it even starts <laughs> yeah. before anything happens the song's finished you're like oh 
what happened that wasn't even that's the end of the song yeah and it hadn't actually started yet yeah uh merry go round sounds like sleeper but not as good i kind of yep. like the chorus coming in from nowhere yes just be good if they were good enough to actually do that that's a pretty good idea for a song but you can't do it i completely um, agree yeah yeah hey uh not only borrows the, the name from the pixies but it tries to borrow a style as well but but is it good enough but to nowhere do that near as good. yeah yeah, a girl I knew is fucking rubbish, just wet shite. They're it, not good at doing this. They are not good at doing that wet shit. It sounded like them trying to do about a girl by Nirvana, like their version of about a girl, and but it's bad. It's not good. It's a really crap wet song. I was kind of thinking maybe this is my least favourite song of the album. I think it's pretty shit. Yeah, it's pretty shit, that. Yeah is pretty shit yeah uh scream is exactly what i thought it was going to be kind of gruff guitars and punk pace and a load of screaming it's not all that but it's fine and they scream, end scream, with another wet one scream is the only other song on this album i like like brain dead and scream i actually have no issues with at all whatsoever i don't love either of them but i don't have any issues with them either i'm quite happy yeah. with scream but let's be honest here they've shat this out haven't they oh yeah 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 um two in my opinion two passable songs out of 14 pretty that's pretty awful <laughs> i mean yeah they I've, haven't made they've not made any effort they haven't bothered making any changes or evolving the song no. for a band whose first album was called highly evolved yes yes this the irony like the like the fucking first cut that comes into their head yeah i've had an idea for a song oh what's what are you doing on the guitar there oh it's just a little bit of quick get press play on the recorder and then he goes ah and they go right that'll do there's a song that's done do you want to work on that at all lad nah fuck it that'll do that'll do i mean it's so that'll do this record isn't it yeah it uh, it is it is it should have been called that'll do by the vines <laughs> that'll do pig that'll do yeah, yeah very much so it doesn't feel at all as if anything on this record has been crafted in any way or thought about too much um maybe that was exactly the vibe they were going for maybe they were going for that thing where you know songwriters do it quite a lot where they sort of go into a studio and just spew something out and see what comes of it um but the vines are clearly not talented enough to be able to do that and make it work obviously not you know they're just they're just not uh and this is just the most sort of if you can't be bothered to try and make your song sound good I can't be bothered to listen to them like yeah and I des- definitely desperately do not want to listen to this album ever again no. again is it the worst thing ever made is it like ball bustingly bad no but it is it is unfathomably lazy like really fucking lazy like lazy little arrogant fucks for putting this out mm. at a time when your career really really needed something special it just goes to show, doesn't it? It just goes to show that all that fucking hype and all that stuff that was said about them was just utter nonsense. Because if this is, do you know what I mean? Like, mm. I'm so glad this kind of doesn't really happen that much anymore. Yeah, same, same. Fuck me. It doesn't really feel like we ever get this. Oh, hello, this band have got us. I mean, I know like, like Wargasm well, going down to this weekend Wargasm are playing above Bleed From Within which seems really unfair that a band who've been working for like over a decade 
should have to play before a band who don't even have an album out yet yeah like yeah. that feels really fucking unfair to me yeah um but you know that's on a far smaller scale like nobody knows who wargasm are like no mm. one no one knows who they, they, a few people do obviously but like they're not the front cover of magazines being where we've and we're all being told that we've got to listen to them mm. which is what used to happen yeah very much glad so. to see the back of that shit uh, because you know the result is four albums down the line they think they're the best fucking thing you know obviously the vines were like oh it's a piece of piss this yeah making music thing we'll shit any old crap out and yeah. people will love it mm. no they won't lads no they won't mm. so um before we go to rank it uh the band themselves have actually released three more albums part post this record can you name any of them no you can't i'm not gonna waste any time here <laughs> you can't uh you cannot name any of their albums uh because i i wonder who they can um, I have the Wikipedia the, entry in front of me, which means technically I could, but that would be cheating in the context of what yeah. you're talking about, yes. W- well, yes. The, the albums are called Future Primitive, Wicked Nature, and In Miracle Land. It'd be a fucking miracle if that album's any good. I'll tell you what, that would be miracle. I noticed um, Wicked Nature has uh, a naked lady on the cover with her boobs out, which is probably the best thing about the entire record. I would. I'm not a betting man, but I would put money on that. Yeah. I'm sure it is. Uh, by 2012, Craig Nichols was the only remaining member of the Vines, when everybody else had left. Surprise, surprise! <laughs> but they were still a band, and they do carry on, and they've been a kind of revolving door of musicians. Uh, he said around this time, "It's cool that we're still together." Well, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> it's you, mate. Like you are still together. Uh, it's cool that we're still together. We've got through it all. All the hard times and all the ups and downs. One up. <laughs> and quite a lot of downs. <laughs> yeah. I know a lot of other bands have split up, but I guess I just don't know what else to do if I wasn't going to do this. Maybe think a little bit harder. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a really sick... I think you're doing yourself a disservice there, Craig. I think you should really sit down and go and think about what it is, what else you could do. Yes, there will be something. There will be something. Lollipop man, um, uh, foot soldier. <laughs> yeah. What is a foot soldier? Just yeah. a soldier. Who's in the Could be a tree. Uh, ho- training uh, uh, dressage with horses. <laughs> yeah, there's so many options, and he hasn't I mean, even. About him around horses, he get kicked in the fucking head straight he away would, by yeah, horses. Yeah. He's scared of horses, so yes. probably not that actually. But anyway. Um, just to finish up on this album before we do rank it it was recently announced that this album would be re-released on vinyl for record store day on the 21st of june 2021 or if you're listening to this podcast today it comes out today that's today guys (laughs) that is today get down quick pause this get down your local record shop for record store day what an incredible Uh, piece of synergy we're actually doing promo for this record basically yeah so you can get you can't get this album. <laughs> Who's buying that? <sighs> Fucking idiots. I, I mean, I will say, we've discussed a little bit, we discussed it on the um, um, interview with Tom from Bosque a little bit, like the, the sort of good side of uh, Record Store Day and the bad side of Record Store Day. When you consider that there's a massive six to seven month um, waiting list for new vinyl at the moment, it is stuff like this that is keeping you from being able to have the Bosque album on vinyl 
you know, the day of release. <laughs> that is I mean, ludicrous. to say it's that and that alone would be facetious and, like, not strictly correct. But obviously, particularly with Record Store Day, there are a lot of these releases. And they now do three days a year rather than just one. So that's, you know, in theory, tripled. Um and that might not and be it's true. people wanting like Britney Spears on vinyl yeah, or like exactly. the greatest showman soundtrack on vinyl yeah, or, so, yeah. or you know like the third bravery album or the fourth finds <laughs> album <laughs> yeah exactly which no one could <laughs> ever that? ever ever want yeah uh, yeah um, so we got to rank it don't really like this album I don't really like the vines but like you say I do think there's a whole bunch of stuff that it's better than his, I mean, let's let's go back to the like for me the obvious place here is Streets of the Sky by the Enemy, which is a similar thing. One of these bands, one of these sort of landfill indie, overhyped bands, getting a few albums into their career and people going, "Hold on, this is rubbish." Hmm. And for me, I would say this album is just about better than Streets of the Sky by the Enemy. I don't know why. Maybe it's just because it sounds more like Nirvana. I, I prefer Nirvana to the Jam, and I'd yeah. rather hear someone ripping off Nirvana than I would yeah. hear someone ripping off the Jam. Yeah. Although I like both bands, obviously. Um, but for me, yeah, yeah I mean, it's fairly cut and dried. This really, it feels like the absolute apex place to put that because you got what there by Black Flag afterwards. This might actually be better than that. Mm as well but i would say around that area is where we're looking um i don't entirely agree um i definitely think it's a better record than streets in the sky the reason i think it's a better record is because a couple of things actually streets in the sky is far more bland than this record it's far more furniture it's far less memorable i don't think either record's particularly memorable but i'd say streets in the sky is even less memorable than this is um and this particular record was varied enough for me to not get bored during it uh annoyed irritated yes but bored no i definitely got bored during streets in the sky and i kind of think that's the worst of the two um i'd rather be irritated than bored i wouldn't really don't really want to be either to be honest but you know um what i was thinking was actually putting it at number 29. Oh. Behind Van Halen 3. Now, let me let me tell you my thinking. Black Flag, Madonna, Pink Floyd, Limp Bizkit, Mick Jagger, Bush, Van Halen. Yeah. All bands who have done really, really good things, apart from Limp Bizkit. Uh, and <laughs> Shut up. Um... But bands who have a certain level of expectation around them and who you wouldn't want to release a bad record because it would tarnish um, a bad catalogue or it could potentially tarnish a bad catalogue. Um, no one had those. I mean, only only fucking coked up idiots had those expectations for the Vines. And because my expectations for this record were quite low anyway, it didn't hurt in any way shape or form that it wasn't any good whereas listening to what the by black flag that actually stung a bit 
you know and i'm not even i'm a pretty yeah, i'm a pretty casual black flag fan to be totally honest with you i'm you know fairly ho-hum but at the same time you know i recognize their importance and their brilliance and so on and so forth and it was and it was sad to hear that that was what they were coming up with in um whatever year that album was released so yeah so and i think you could say you could attribute that to all of those artists the enemy black flag not the enemy sorry black flag madonna pink floyd i'll give you Olympuski, mick jagger bush and van halen to, to some more so than others van halen obviously more so than bush let's be honest and i yeah you know i i prefer I listen to more Bush than I do Van Halen, but I accept that Van Halen are a more important band. So I think that's yeah. correct. Um, but yes, and then and then we get to Q is what we aim for. I'm like, oh well, no one expected that to be any good either. But um, this is I I I would I slightly prefer this to Rotation by Q. No, no, slightly prefer Rotation. I don't know. Maybe it should go under Q is what we aim for as well. I don't know. But what do you think uh, of that uh, argument? Yeah, you're you're probably right. Actually, I mean, I was just looking at Streets of Sky by the Enemy because I was like, well, if there's that, they're so similar. But yeah, I mean, yeah, Streets of the Sky has got nothing good about it at all. And I suppose at least the little bit that sound like Nirvana, it's fair enough. I would actually say I think it's worse than Rotation by Cootie's What We Aim For. I okay. do think that. Okay. I do think Cute's what we aim for. It was funny and it was silly and everything, but there was nothing on it that there were a few bits I thought were stupid, but then pop punk is stupid, isn't it? Yeah. Pop punk's stupid for stupid pedos. And um sorry, no, it's made by stupid pedos. I, I apologise. I, yes. I just went too far. Yes. Um, well sometimes. Oh god. Okay, let's move on. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> Whereas I think this is often really like you say very annoying there's some songs in it which are legit rubbish but then some of the songs i mean when i think of some of the songs on those other albums you used to mention i mean umagum is a weird one because some of that is massively annoying but there's some stuff i don't mind on it results may vary i don't know how that's got above anyway um because that's rubbish results may vary primitive mm-hmm. cool is at least sort of funny i suppose mm. black and white rainbows is bad really bad mm-hmm. van Halen three is really bad yeah yeah uh yeah, maybe music. Yeah, probably music. This is better than Van Halen three, I guess. And yeah, you would you were like, oh, Van Halen, why are you doing that? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Even as someone okay. who isn't a big Van Halen fan, I was like, Van Halen, why are you doing that? Yeah, totally. You've charmed me, but go. I'm gonna put it below. Um, I'm gonna put it below. Cute is what we aim for, because okay, I think cute is what we aim for are slightly. No one ever said "cute" is what we aim for. Are the greatest rock band of all time? No, 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 no. Or going to be the future of rock? No. Well, so you're putting not, it not the enemy. I'm putting it in between Van Halen and "cute" is what we aim for. So that's number twenty-nine. Number twenty-nine, which means we have to pick out another bloody, bloody album to review <laughs> next week. Just hope we get a cracker after the fucking state of that. But not an uncle Let's cracker. See. Oh, you fucking beauty! <laughs> you fucking beauty! Yes! It's Naomi Campbell all over again. <laughs> the boy with the x-ray eyes. Do you know this is by? No. By Babylon Zoo. <gasps> oh! Sp- Spaceman. Spaceman. 
Fucking Spaceman. Brilliant. Are we going to have an argument about how great Spaceman is? We probably are. Because, spoiler alert, Spaceman's a fucking banger. I don't care who knows it, who thinks it. I'm very excited. I don't, know. Be talking about- I don't know if I should say this, but we're not going to have an argument about it. Yes! So, Spaceman, Levi's Jeans, Chris Morris and, Bla- <laughs> and Brass Eye, Jazzman, the 90s, next week... Babylon Zoo, the boy with x-ray eyes, will be going into the list of broken records. I am fucking delighted by that. I am fucking <laughs> delighted. I've never listened to that album in full. No, neither have I. I, I only I'm know the do two that singles. right now. Yeah, I only know Animals and Spaceman. Oh, you know, more, one more single than yeah, me. Yeah, yeah. Well done. Um, all right, good. Uh, thanks very much for listening, everyone. We'll see you next week. You're going to want to tune in next week because... Oh, 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 oh. Babylon Zoo. Oh, it's, it's, it's worth it when we get one like this, isn't it? Oh, oh, oh always worth it. Definitely. Always worth yeah, it. Yeah. Thanks very much for listening, guys. We will see you next week.